you know, when you play at this level, every mistake is magnified and every missed opportunity comes back to haunt you. And that's what happened. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 215 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Each and Tony Waller. And it was not great. You've read all the articles. You might have even allowed yourself to watch the selection show on ESPN, or maybe tune into SEC Network and hear those guys and gals talk about what happened on Saturday night. We did the same thing and then decided to record this short reaction podcast episode to what happened on Saturday versus LSU. The three of us were all there. We saw the 27-point loss to the Tigers, and we've also witnessed the realization soon after that ace recruiter and offensive line coach Sam Pittman will now be the new head coach at Arkansas. Because the three of us were not able to meet up in the studio, sometimes Skype recordings are also not that great. I'd probably classify this recording as that. So, Please bear with us on some of the reverb that you'll hear throughout the episode. Okay, let's just jump on into it. We'll pull the Band-Aid off. Here's Will to get us started. Tony, uh, uh, I don't know if it, how it looked to you, but from where I sat, LSU looked a lot better than Georgia. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to read too much into you know pregame and energy on the sideline and all that, but it was Clear there was a team that was uh, that showed up. It was excited about being there. It was a team that wasn't as much. But you know, on the, on the big picture for the game, look, we talked about what it would take for Georgia to win, and we talked about what would if if certain things would happen. Um, and I think the two biggest ones for me were turnovers by Georgia and not being crisp in the passing game. Uh, you know, when when the opportunity is there. Both of those happen, and that's how you lose by 27 points. I mean, there's, there was no magic to what LSU did. They just came out. I don't think I would say that Orgeron outcoached Kirby. I, I certainly think he was out-schemed a little bit. But, again, passing plays were there. We had a drop on the first series that would have gone for, what, 29 yards? That turned into a punt? That turned into a, a near-instant score? I mean, it's just... When you get to this level, when you essentially are in like people clamoring for an 18 playoff, we saw a quarterfinal game yesterday. It was really that simple. Maybe not for LSU. We could have that debate, um, although it looks like they left uh, Georgia at five in the college football playoff, which whatever. Um, but, you know, when you play at this level, every mistake is magnified and every missed opportunity comes back to haunt you. And that's what happened yesterday. I'm not sure what to say. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not because I read. I read everything written by all the pundits, and most of them got it right. Seth got it right. Uh, even thought Jeff Schultz got it right. I thought Andy Staples wrote an amazing column. I think that was you, Tony, that said that to me, or to, or Will. I don't know. Not not that our listeners would understand what was going on in our text thread to each other, but. Um, you know, the vibe was fine with me. I, I showed up, my boys showed up, and we were excited to go. I thought the tailgate scene was pretty awesome. It was a little bit like, hey, we've been here before, but I was going into it looking like, okay, we have been here before. That's why it's not just pandemonium freakout mode. And it was like a workman's like approach, even by the fans in pregame and everything. But as the game started, I feel like we lost at the coin toss by having to go ahead. And uh, receive the ball. I was thinking that it would be advantageous to go ahead and put our strength out on the field first. And, yeah, once 
Simmons missed the ball, and I cringed watching the replay, hoping that it had been batted away, but it looked kind of like a drop to me. And that kind of spelled the way that the offense was going to go. I think it was the most dropped balls I've seen all season with Georgia. But look, I'm not going to parse through everything because I I think one of the things I texted y'all before we started was like, let's keep this short. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I didn't stand up and cheer or do like a high five fist bump, maybe once or twice the entire game. And it's not because I'm despondent or down on the team or wanting to pour out someone. It just didn't happen. They scored 10 points. They really scored three because by the time they scored that last touchdown, that was just Pickens with an amazing catch in the end zone. Joe Burrow deserves the Heisman, in my opinion. He was amazing, and I enjoyed watching him. I don't know what else to say. Obviously, this was a different feel uh, than the last two painful losses they've had at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but I would say that uh, another factor in that is I don't hate LSU. I found this team kind of likable. I find Burrow, found Burrow likable. I, f- I find their fans kind of likable. You're right. There really wasn't a lot to cheer about. I certainly got the sense that Coley and company had heard the they won't do anything aggressive. They won't uh, go out and go after him because I thought the play calling was pretty sharp and interesting and smart. Uh, but the execution was terrible. Their ball, the balls were dropped. Uh, Jake Fromm was Nick Fromm, really, for most of the game, and uh, definitely the beginning. And the whole thing just, frankly, looked like it had all year. And, you know, I think that we kind of talked ourselves a little bit into the idea that, yeah, it's been a rough year and nothing, everything's got right. But you know what? Here they are. Here they are. They've gotten here. And, uh, and now that, now that they're here, let's see if they can give it a shot. And, and maybe there's something there. And I'll take this offense. Overall, I'll take a lot of the other SEC offenses. And uh, uh, I think that we there's been a sense among fans all year that uh, this team just didn't have it. Didn't mean they weren't good. Didn't mean they didn't have uh, they didn't anything to embarrass anyone. But this was just not a championship-level team. And uh, that seemed pretty apparent, <laughs> to say the least, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, yeah, of course we talked ourselves into it because – I hate to sound the note that I sounded when we reported our podcast. That team is still here, but yeah, we didn't have it this year. There's no secret there. That's not, it's not provocative to say that in, in a weird way, this is probably can chalk this up from junior swap, right? I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how you frame it other than this is the team. I think you hit the right note, Will, in your article at the blog. And, it, and the note is this team, 11 and 2, playing the schedule it played, playing offense the way it played, I'm not I'm not saying we should be happy about the way we lost yesterday, but still I think it's pretty significant that now instead of our down years being 8-5 and looking outclassed by Florida and Tennessee, our down years are 11-2 and two and struggle to string together something on one side of all the other and still play an SEC championship. And, I, you know, I'm People, people accuse me of being a Disney dog or whatever you want to accuse me of. That's fine. I'll own that. But the reality is, is like, I want Georgia to win a national championship. And you got to play an SEC championship, most cases accepted, to win a national championship. I'm disappointed the way we played. I, this season has been a hard season to watch. But I, I remain excited about the direction of the program. And we'll get into some of the big picture stuff Wednesday. But there's not a world that would have existed in 2015 that we play an SEC championship three games in a row. And come with you, Will. I already texted our friends back at the Valley Shook. I'm, I'm go Tigers right now. And I don't – you can be mad at me about that. I don't care. I mean, who else do we want to win? 
want Oklahoma to win? Certainly we don't want Clemson or Ohio State to win. Tony, I agree. 11-2, and two, that's one of the things I wrote down. Looking back, I can't believe we're 11-2. And two. And I'm, I'm happy to say that because I think that the frustration level, and I'm not sure I'm thinking exactly correct, but and maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but the frustration level as a whole of watching this season reminds me similar to the frustration level I had for 2010. And Georgia was 6-7 and seven and lost the Liberty Bowl that year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So let me ask you a question. You've lived through the entirety of the Rick era. If, yeah. if a Rick era team had played this schedule, what do you think you would have walked away with being happy about? I'm thinking 7-5 and five regular season and hopefully get a bowl win and, and finish 8-5. and five. Exactly. And we're 11-2 and two and won the East. It, I mean, Florida's ranked in the top 10 of the college football playoff. So, okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just... No, you're right. No, that, that's really all I had to say. I, I was just trying to put a finger on or trying to come up with some other original thought because I read so much good copy that was written about this game. And it's just it's all been spilled out there. Everybody's consumed it. You know, that's just what it is. It's just it's disappointing, but it's amazing. This team is 11 and two. And I think the history, as we look back to it, we're going to be going like, damn it, that was amazing that they that they pulled that out. And I guess it's just me. I choose not to grumble and sure we can have the Jake Fromm conversation maybe on Wednesday we can have the wide receiver conversation and we can kind of figure out what's going to happen in 2020 wow we're already already at 2020 if I may speak to the uh, uh, what I think uh, I don't know if I entirely agree with this but I do understand however a lot of the frustration out there uh, this morning because you take yes yeah, sure 11 and 2 is obviously great and yes if you compare it to bad times in the past that were worse than 11 and 2 11 and 2 is awesome they have nothing to be ashamed of however there is not a fan base in the world that will watch a team get progressively farther away from their place they want to go each year for three consecutive years and is not going to be upset and it doesn't, and we can, we can argue whether they're spoiled. We're argue, we can argue whether that's, that's unfair. We can argue the reasons for it and whether, and, and, and even argue whether the future is going to be fine. But there is not a fan base in the world. There just isn't <laughs> that when, when you, you're somewhere this year and the next year you don't get quite as far and the next year you don't get as far as you did that year. Fans are going to be upset. Maybe that's unfair. Probably is unfair. But that's what you're saying. I think some of the reaction is very overheated, <laughs> to say the very least. But this is what happens. This is this is the standard that 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 you set for yourself. And frankly, I don't think anybody understands this more than Kirby Smart. And I and then I guess we should close with that. The idea of that p- closing that press conference he had was partly uh, after the game was partly defensive. But frankly, to me, the best thing he said, he's like, people keep saying that Kirby Smart wants to got to win games this way. When's he going to change? He said, let me tell you something. Coach Smart wants to win games. He went third person on us for crying out loud. Mm. And, uh, and I think that's right. And I think that will be the big question that we can talk about Wednesday and talk about the whole offseason. Will there be changes? Will there be a, and I don't mean personnel changes, though it might be partly that. It's will there be fundamental philosophy changes? And that it's, uh, I think it, it feels like they're, they're at a pivot moment right now. And I don't want the fact that 11 and 2 is awesome and people are not nearly happy enough about it. I think it's absolutely true. But I don't think there's any question. If you, you we can say that 2013, Tony, uh, would be, uh, 2000, whatever Tony, 2010 Tony wouldn't be happy 
with this. But you know who's not happy with this? It's 2019 Kirby Smart. And for me, that matters. And I think he's speaking to that idea because circumstances are different than they were in 2010. And so I think it's okay while still appreciating the goodness of this season. And as much as it's been a slog, 11 and 2 is still great. Sugar Bowl is going to be fun. Nothing against any of those. Be, I really want to crush Baylor. Screw that school. Uh, but I will say that on, uh, on the other hand, uh, people's frustrations, I think they've got a right to them uh, this morning. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you on that. Please understand. That, that I don't think that we should just be like, okay, things are good. I, I agree with you. And that, but I think part of my, part of my being okay with the way this season is, is I have confidence in Kirby because I was yeah. going to reference the, I was going to reference that exact thing. I think, look, we're going to know a lot about Kirby smart and I can't say that he'll be here 10 years from now, but I, I can say my odds of him, my feeling about the odds of him being here 10 years from now goes simply go simply higher if over the next few it might not be this week it might be five months from now but if there is a philosophical change so that press conference I, look i love the question andy staples asked him yeah. i i did something i haven't done a lot of time i watched the full press conference um and staples asked him a question that was just like dead on do you, you know what do you say to people who say that there's a lot of talent in Athens but it hasn't been fully utilized and Kirby's like hey that's that's on me as a coach we got the dog guys and I loved him going third person. That really got me excited. I was last night at eleven o'clock. I was fired back up again. So <laughs> I'm with you on that. And, it's, and we got we got a long time at the pub on Main to discuss this Wednesday. Yes. All right, we will be there Wednesday night, pub on Main. In in uh, I, I I did they really do sell alcohol in a Coney? I didn't know they did that. They, there's alcohol there to be drank, right? Even though I'm in a Coney, I can still drink alcohol there. Let me tell you something, man. Wednesday night is their five dollar wing, or their their wing and Wednesday night for ten dollars, you get five whole wings. Not this this one flat or one drumstick crap. A whole wing and a whiskey of their choosing. A four of whiskey. They choose the whiskey. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, they choose. They, <laughs> choose, they, they do. choose the whiskey. They choose. The whiskey. Like depending on what, like how much they like you. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's I think it's I think it's whatever their supplier has. But okay. I've been a, I've, I've had the no, well, look, I've had the Knob Creek um, rye. I've had, I'm trying to think what else I had. Uh, maybe like the Old Forester Reserve. It's good stuff. It's not, it's not, hey, look, there's Old Kentucky Tool Shed. Let's get this away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm excited to be there. We'll all be able to calm down a little bit. But you know what? I'm glad we did this. I feel like we are today like the kicker who missed the big kick but still shows up at the press conference afterwards to take questions we we go out there and we uh and we and we we professionals and we do a podcast even though no one wants to talk about that game <laughs> so i think we all understand uh gents i will see you wednesday night and i bet i'm a little nervous we're gonna get there and they're gonna have like okay we picked the whiskeys scott here's an awesome whiskey tony here's an awesome whiskey will here is some slop we found under the chair <laughs> go ahead. We'll have that go. Um, yeah, Jim right. Beam. You get Jim, Jim Beam. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll take Jim Beam. Um, all right, gents. Uh, have, a, uh, have a great week. I'll see you guys Wednesday, and uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back to record a general look back at the season as a whole, and also a look ahead to the Sugar Bowl coming this Wednesday. So that means we record Wednesday, we'll publish it sometime on Thursday. We're going to record over at the Pub on Main in Watkinsville because Tony, he's been talking about their $10 Wednesday whiskey and wings all season long, and Will and I finally have agreed that we just have to try it. So should you have any questions, feel free to tweet us. 
to them, uh, or you can DM them. Man, it, it, this, it's 5 a.m. when I'm recording this, so <laughs> bear with me. That's why it's all, all over the place. But uh, you can DM or tweet us, and our handle is at WSLS Podcast on both platforms. And yeah, if you're in Watkinsville on Wednesday, it's not like we're doing a live recording with an audience type thing, but if you're there, definitely stop by and say hello. The coaching situation is changing fast, and surely by mid to late week, we'll even know a ton more. Well, we think we will. Just stay tuned to us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, this podcast. But yeah, 11-2 SEC East champions and heading back to the Sugar Bowl for the dogs. We'll see you on campus. And as always, go dogs. <laughs> so bad. I need more coffee.